when you're looking for someone to hire, mm-hmm. what are some qualities that you're looking for? Well, what I really look for, I, I listen to language, by the way. Okay. And um, when, a, when I ask a person to tell me a story about you know, some experience in their life or some failure, but I pay attention to whether they blame other people or the circumstance or the environment for the failure or whether they take personal responsibility themselves. Mm. What I find is that uh, people who take ownership are the best employees, <laughs> even when they take ownership of failures that were not theirs. Because if the, if the fault wasn't yours, then you don't have the power to fix it. All right. But if the fault is yours, then you do have the power to fix it. So I look for teachability. I look for humility. I look for a person who expresses gratitude. Mm. And I very, very much pay attention to how a person talks about the people they used to, t- to work with. That's good, too. Because I know however they talk about their previous bosses and their previous coworkers is how they're going to talk about me. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not the exception, you know? <laughs> and uh, if you think they're going to talk differently about you, you're a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, no, you so realize true. that they're going to bring in that with them because that's who they are. Yeah. And so I look for humility, teachability, gratitude. Um, I look for people not that are spectacular, but that are faithful. Mm-hmm. They, they just show up and do the hard work every single day. And, uh, and frankly, I look for people that are likable. Because if I got to work with someone, I don't want them to suck the joy out of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I want to be around people that I like and that uh, they're likable. And I know that if they're likable, that other people will like them and yeah. the company will just naturally flourish. Yeah. How different is it when you're in the hiring process of finding someone for maybe your personal business mm-hmm. and then your church? No difference at all. Yeah. Ex- um, well, maybe... No, no, <laughs> no difference at all because you want people of character in the church. Yeah. Do you want people without character in your work? Yes, right. You may want them for the short term, yeah. but they're going to short your company in the long term. Yeah. Like even the Navy SEALs, I will tell you that they will hire a person with character over talent any day mm-hmm. because in the end, the person with talent without character is so toxic, they will destroy that company. Yeah. And you can teach skills but a person chooses their character. And if you have a person with high skill and high talent, but they have low character, you've already told them you do not need to change because even though I know you don't have character, we still hire you. We still want you. So you've actually reinforced the negative structure. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and I brought that up because like I said, Pineda company, like if you look, if I look around and, mm-hmm. and I look around at my company here, I'm going to mm-hmm. see the same faces Sunday morning, yeah, serving at the <laughs> local church, and so that 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 told me even for myself when I'm looking to hire people, like you know mm-hmm. you you got to look in the right places, but you got to also look at people's heart, mm-hmm. and people that truly buy into your brand are the mm-hmm. people that help you build, yeah. Um, and so there's there's been, I mean, obviously there's been people come in and out of the company. But a lot of people that are out of the company now didn't mm-hmm. fit it in the first place. Yeah. And I know now Ryan uses really strong discernment for the individuals that he mm-hmm. brings in. And it's exciting to see because I get to see some familiar faces while also seeing yeah. the company continue to grow. And so it's, it, it really has become you know, a thing of mine about the company culture and how you build it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was curious because you're operating, you know, at an extremely high level, both mm-hmm. in the entrepreneur space and at your church. And so I was wondering about that. Like, are you, are you really kind of separating the two and figuring out what works? Or are you kind of looking for the same kind of people? Well, I, I do separate them in, in very concrete ways mm-hmm. because I, I only, I want my business work 
to always benefit the church. Mm -hmm. I never want the church to be benefiting my business. That's good. And so I, I've created really clear lines there. Yeah. But in terms of the hiring process, and I deviated from it. You, mm -hmm. you know, like you know, obviously in church life, you're gonna you hire people who have a deep and personal faith in Jesus. In the business world, I've hired people who do not have any faith at all mm -hmm. or have different faiths, mm -hmm. and so that would be a, a clear distinguishing line. But I still look for people that are trustworthy, that um, have integrity, mm -hmm. that are humble and teachable, and, and I think the other factor is that they're hungry. Yeah, uh, you you can't. In, you, you can't force a person to be hungry. <laughs> I remember one time I hired a guy and I was having the hardest time because he was such a good person and doing such a bad job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I called my brother and I said, so here's the issue. And I go, you know, he shows up at nine and, you know, and goes home at five and he's here like Monday through Friday. And <laughs> it's like, it's a clock in, clock out kind of life for him. And yeah. And my brother goes, oh, you hired someone healthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And he said, Erwin, you're not healthy. You're like, you're, 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 um, you're skewed. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're intensely passionate, type A driven human being who eats and sleeps everything you do. And, and I realized, yeah, and there's some sense that I need to only hire neurotic people <laughs> who have an insane belief that they should make a disproportionate impact on the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want people with just a little drop of crazy, you know, that I got to change the world. I got to make a difference in life. I, I want people who are self-motivated. I want people who wake up in the morning and they have to do yeah. great things. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Ryan calls it his A players, mm -hmm. right? And he, and he defines the A player by how passionate they are about what they're trying to do mm -hmm. and also what they bring new to a company. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what you're describing, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's always, you know, a space for the B and C players, right? And I remember in a podcast one time, Ryan, <laughs> it was funny. He goes, yeah, you're still going to need somebody on fries, but that person <laughs> doesn't necessarily need to manage everyone. Yeah. Right. And or that person doesn't necessarily need to bring vision to the company. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there is a space for everyone. I think even like you talk about, it's a great guy mm -hmm. and maybe his skill just isn't in the role. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. so these are all these things that to, to think about. But I love hearing what you're saying because it's so true to every situation. Mm -hmm. And so for the wealthy creators that are out there trying to figure out, OK, First, where's my identity? What am I trying to be and become? Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, what, what pieces do I need around me to really make this impactful? Um, but yeah, once it's all figured out, right, it's time mm -hmm. to kind of drive that brand and, and, and kind of scale it. What kind of methods, teaching, strategies do you use for your personal brand? Especially now that you're saying you're coming kind of from out of the shadows here, right? <laughs> like you're, you're starting to talk about it and, and teach the things that you've done in the last, what, 30 years or so. Yeah, one of the most exciting places that uh, in space that we created is this place called the Arena. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, because I, I coach a lot of people one-on-one, -on -one, and that's uh, a six-figure world. Mm -hmm. So it's very few people who can access that. Mm -hmm. And then I have a, um, two small private masterminds, but that's still like, you know, 30,000 plus. So yeah. it's still a very small number of people. And I want to create a space where um, people who were not yet at that level of success could get the same level of mentoring learning inside place where we focus on communication, leadership, character, and big ideas. And so we, Aaron and I designed the arena together. And um, to me, some of the things that are really, really, I think are critical is massive curiosity. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when you asked me, what do I do? You know, I was like, I'm 65 years old. I just turned 65 uh, a week ago. Ah, congratulations. Happy and uh, and I, I, I can tell you, I feel like I'm just starting over again. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm at the beginning of my life. Mm. I've never felt more curious. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm so driven to experience adventure and to make a difference in the world. And I feel like my imagination is going wild. <laughs> and, and, and I think a huge part of that is you just, you need to have a voracious appetite for learning. That's good. And, and, you know, and, and so when you ask me, like, how do I, like, uh, build that? How do I? I think the thing for me is the moment I stop being curious, I know I'm already dying. <laughs> and, you know, for 20 years, I've, I was a member of TED, and I would go to all the TED events and listen to thousands of the top leaders in the world. And yeah. I would study biology and botany and physics and, you, you know, um, environmentalism. And it did, there wasn't a subject in the world that I wasn't um, somewhat interested in. Yeah. And then I would take all those things I was learning and I would find a way of connecting them to what I was doing in the business world or mm-hmm. I was doing in, in, in the, in the uh, church space. And um, because I felt like a huge part of what my job is, is to take the massive amount of information out there and finding how to bring it to a place where it matters to the everyday life of a person. Oh, that's good. And, and you know, wow. so I would say to people who are trying to build their brand, I think the first thing is um, you need to be immensely curious. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be like just a voracious learner and find a way to learn. And people learn differently. Yeah. You, you know, and uh, I did terrible in school. I was a straight D student, first through 12th grade. <laughs> I find most entrepreneurs do terrible in school. Yeah. But they're actually really high learners. Yeah, yeah. And, and which is why we designed the arena. We said, how do entrepreneurs learn? Mm. Entrepreneurs learn in crisis. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and, uh, they learn the moment. If they don't learn, they die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they have to access that learning really, really fast. And, you know, and so a huge part for me is um, I pay attention to what are the the spaces that need to be filled for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember we spent six hours and created the Art of Communication, which is a a master class on learning how to become a high-level communicator. And in that, Aaron came back to me and said, could you create like a 15-minute giveaway around communication so we could give it away to people to create more uh, awareness of the master class, which is like $3,000, right? So so I spent the weekend thinking, okay, what's the 15-minute takeaway? And all of a sudden, I start processing, you know, 60 years of learning around communication. Mm -hmm. And I can't sleep for three days. I, my wife saw me at five in the morning. I was drenched in cold sweats. Oh, I was writing down, and I created the seven frequencies of communication, which ended up being another you know, four or five hour masterclass. Mm-hmm. And when I came back in, I said, I've got something. And they go, Dad, this isn't a 15 minute takeaway. This is like a breakthrough view of communication. I identified the seven dominant frequencies through which humans communicate and how those communication patterns actually connect to people and how they, they move information and make it transcendent in a person's life. Yeah. And the top communicators in the world are able to flow through all seven frequencies. Mm-hmm. But most people only use one of those frequencies all their life. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'd say is like most of the things I've created are the result of me trying to solve a problem in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. It's not me going, oh, what can I sell? You're right, like right. What, what awesome product can we create You know, yeah. to, that the market might want? It's always about... How did I get that breakthrough in my life? Mm-hmm. Or how can I help you know, Justin uh, solve this problem in his life? And the moment I'm focusing on meeting a genuine human need, that's when something really amazing is created. 